It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to The World in 10, your daily roundup of the biggest stories from across the world as seen through the eyes of the Times of London. I'm Alex Dibble. And I'm Eleanor Shearwood. Britain is now worried about Chinese spy balloons. We'll hear what really happened when Russia attacked Snake Island last year. And before our 10 minutes is up, we're going to hear the Times' take on all things Super Bowl, only the very finest analysis. Of course. Of course. We're doing things a little bit differently on The World in 10 from today, so we do hope you enjoy it. Now, Eleanor, if a month ago I told you that there was a sequel to Austin Powers or (laughs) Team America and it involved a giant spy balloon floating across the United States of America, you would have probably thought that was... Legitimate, wouldn't you? Absolutely. As a plot for a movie. Sounds like Spy Kids, yeah. Yes, but unfortunately, this is real life and anybody who knows anything about espionage doesn't think this is funny um, because over the weekend, the United States shot down its fourth object this month, although the, the last three haven't been balloons. No, they've been mystery objects, haven't well, they? Well, yeah, we're going to get into this because they, they are mystery objects. The first one was that giant spy balloon that was 60,000 feet in the air. And the Times actually has quite a helpful map um, today showing where and when all the balloons this month have been shot down. But as you say, the last three have been a bit of a mystery, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. And so there's been a lot of analysis done about this in the Times today. So I spoke to the Times former defence editor, he's called Michael Evans. He was saying it's quite surprising that nobody knows what these objects are, where they came from. And it's also really difficult to find out what they are because when they get shot down, they get shattered into lots of little pieces. He does, however, have a theory about where they came from and he told me what that was. Clearly, they didn't come all the way from China. That seems to be most unlikely. They must have come from somewhere else. And I have suggested, not as anything based on fact, as it were, but certainly it's a possibility that they could have been launched from the submarine because the Americans certainly launched balloons Uh, from submarines. They've been doing it for years. Balloons that have some sort of surveillance capability. And so it is possible that they could have been launched from submarine or a warship or something like that. The American intelligence services know that the spy balloon took off from Hainan military base in southeast China. They know that. They do not know, no one seems to know where these uh, strange objects came from. And they've got to find that out. 
And it's not just in America they're worried. Back here in Britain, our Defence Secretary Ben Wallace has ordered a security review. And it's interesting how this has kind of ramped up over the last few days. So we had that yeah. security review announced by the Defence Secretary. Then this morning began some rhetoric from senior people within the British government. So one of the government ministers said, admitted, acknowledged, whatever word you want to use, that it was possible that Chinese spy balloons had been in UK airspace as well. Absolutely. And then the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak got involved after that. He suggested if one was spotted flying over the UK, we would do the same thing as America and shoot it down as well. Well, I want people to know that we'll do whatever it takes to keep the country safe. We have something called the uh, Quick Reaction Alert Force, which involves typhoon planes, which are kept on 24-7 readiness to police our airspace, which is incredibly important. I can't obviously comment in detail on national security matters, but we're in constant touch with our allies. And as I said, we'll do whatever it takes to keep the country safe. Do you remember this? The chances are you've probably heard that before, but just in case you can't quite pinpoint where, it's from the very beginning of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Two Russian warships went and attacked somewhere called Snake Island. They told the Ukrainian soldiers there they either had to surrender or they'd be completely bombarded. And the reason why there was a beep in that clip was because you'll remember the response of that Ukrainian marine was, in summary, bluntly defiant. Yeah, I mean, that reply became a symbol of Ukrainian resistance everywhere, didn't it? It even made it onto stamps in Ukraine. And today, what's been really interesting is that the Times has done a piece looking back at that incredible moment in the conflict. And the piece is called What Happened Next to the Ukrainian Heroes Defending Snake Island? And it's told through the eyes, if you like, of Yuri Kuzminsky, who was the youngest Marine on the island. And am I right in thinking at one point he was literally praying for his life behind the barracks? Yeah, because the two Russian warships had essentially said, if you don't surrender, we will bomb the island to smithereens. And he was had his eyes shut behind the barracks. He was praying for his life. Now, the Times' is Richard Spencer has spoken to Yuri and, and he has written the piece in light of that conversation. And he told me that Yuri and others, after that incident, were captured by the Russians and tortured. He painted a pretty grim portrait of, uh, of the Russians' treatment of the prisoners of the war. They, they, he said he was uh, whipped and beaten, threatened, and then they tried to get him to defect, or at least to, to take Russian citizenship. Slightly odd thing to do if you've just beaten somebody up, say, come and be one of us, which they all resisted. So, yeah, very unpleasant conditions for them, and he's worried that there'd be more of that going on for the... Uh, I think it was around 36, 38 uh, guys, he said, were left there. What happened to Yuri was that he was released in November as part of a prisoner exchange. But what I found fascinating about Richard's piece is that it exposed quite a lot of misconceptions about the whole Snake Island story. And, and you've been looking at some of them today, haven't you? Yes, I have. So when this came out, everyone thought there were 13 border guards on the island. There were actually 28. There were 80 men in total. And the whole narrative of this story was that these Marines fought till the very end. Actually, in fact, they received an order to stand down. What I thought was really interesting, which Richard kind of went into at the end, and you, you can read more in the piece, is that Snake Island today is uninhabited. 
little note in front of me, Eleanor, which I believe you wrote, <laughs> which says the unavoidable story of the day. So can you tell me more? Well, I think it's the Super Bowl, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, OK, there is an argument for that. It is all over the world's media, including the Times, um, Kansas City Chiefs beating the Philadelphia Eagles. 38-35, uh, incredible game. Alex, I would put it to you that that is not actually the main story of the day. Rihanna did her first live gig in four <laughs> years. Also revealed that she's pregnant. I mean, she'd hinted before yeah, there was going to be a special guest. Nobody thought it was going to be a baby. So you think this is more important than the game? Absolutely, I do. She was performing for her audience of 100 million people that I'm... Almost... So were the players. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all know what they really tuned in for. I mean, the Times obviously had its own special take on the event. Ed Potton's written a review which starts, well, this is one way to announce you're pregnant. My favourite line, I think, from the whole thing was how he told... Um, he told readers that her voice purred like a Lamborghini. Because we all know that Lamborghinis purr. Yes, completely, but it wasn't just her vocals. She was surrounded by amazing dancers. She was hundreds of feet in the air on a platform. And I mean, I think Ed Potton summarised it quite nicely, really, when he said it's going to be one hell of a tale to tell the nipper in a few years' time. Now, I've come down to the floor of our building, which is home to all of the Times journalists, and I'm lucky enough to be joined by Mike Smith, who is the Times foreign editor. Mike, would you be able to give our listeners a bit of a preview about what stories you've got in the pipeline? Catherine Philp, one of our Ukraine war correspondents, has been to a rehab centre in the country today. She's interviewed some of the veterans there who, in the course of the last 12 months, have lost limbs. And what she finds is an extraordinary determination on their part to get back onto the front line. She's also interviewed those who are making prosthetics for these incredibly brave men. Uh, elsewhere, we've got a lovely story from the US, uh, a copy of Gregory Peck's script from the classic film To Kill a Mockingbird is coming up for auction. And apart from being very collectible for fans of the star, it's a wonderful way of telling the story of the friendship that he developed with Harper Lee, which lasted many, many years and features other letters and memorabilia that they exchange with each other. That's it for the podcast today. Don't forget you can read more on all these stories by taking out a Times digital subscription. We hope you've enjoyed this slightly new look World in 10. We'll both be back tomorrow, so we'll see you then. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.